Okay, people, tomorrow morning, 10 a.m., Santa's coming to town. Santa! Oh, my God! Would you please tell him that instead of presents this year, I just want my family back. Rudolph, with your nose so bright, won't you guide my sleigh tonight? It must be magic. I must find some way to keep Christmas from coming. Nobody's walking out on this fun, old-fashioned family Christmas. Isn't there anyone who knows what Christmas is all about? True, Charlie Brown. I can tell you what Christmas is all about. Seeing isn't believing. Believing is seeing. The best way to spread Christmas cheer is singing loud for all to hear. Welcome to another episode of Tis the Podcast, the podcast that's determined to keep the Christmas spirit alive 365 days per year. I'm Anthony. I'm Julia. And I'm Tom. How's it going, guys? It's going good. Great. How's it going for you? Good. Not much here in Oklahoma. What about in your city of the week, Tom? Snow today, guys. Like, oh, I'm so jealous. Legit snow. <laughs> that's awesome. Um, it was fun. amazing. So I was feeling all the Christmas feels, and then I thought about talking about this movie, and they went away. <laughs> Anthony, did you get snow today in New York? No. Nope. Rain. Was it even cold enough for snow? Or cold-ish? Is it cold-ish there? Because it was 80 degrees here today. Uh, it was like 50. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, I'm not, I'm not complaining. I don't no. like, I'm, I used to love summer as a kid, like when you can spend all summer by the pool or by the ocean, but mm-hmm. like going to work and like semi-formal stuff, it's no fun in the heat. <laughs> you know, I find it, in my experience, very little is fun in the heat. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. Needless to say, I can't wait till like September, October, the fall and then the winter. <laughs> Not to rush my life away, but <laughs> that's the conundrum, right? It it is the same with this podcast. We're just counting down our life <laughs> days of our life. Oh, that's dark. And it's All right, well, <laughs> on that note, uh, this. <laughs> so now that we've we've got our stoicism out of the way. <laughs> Uh, I do have a question for you guys before we start. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Are there any embarrassing facts either of you want to offer up about yourselves since what? I was outed on last week's episode of the podcast? What, what happened last week that would, that would qualify you asking us for this, Anthony? I'm, I'm confused. <laughs> I'm just going to refer people to listen to the first five minutes of last week if they haven't done so yet, if they want to hear an embarrassing <laughs> tidbit about my life. So, <laughs> I don't really have... I thought, I thought and thought today about embarrassing things, but... I just don't have much I'm embarrassed about. Um, My guilty watching pleasure, comparable to, I guess, Jersey Shore, is um, I really like Reba a lot. Oh, I like Reba. I wouldn't call that guilty. No? Okay. I guess I'm alone here. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) I'm trying. I really want to be there for you, Anthony. Uh I didn't know a raisin was just a dried grape until about high school. I thought they were raisin plants. (laughs) And that's where you got raisins. I really did. Yeah. It was like an epiphany. I was probably a senior in high school. I'm like, why are there grapes on the box? My friend's like, because they used to be grapes in a former life. <laughs> now they're all dried up and shriveled. <laughs> I, like, I, I love, I love those moments, and we, you know, they they come at all times of the year, and they come at all times of our life. I think I told you guys 
Christine thought I was trolling her when we were dating and the subject of reindeer came up and I was explaining to her that reindeer were real. She legitimately did not believe <laughs> thought reindeer were, were made up for purpose. Oh, they, really? They did That's it just awesome. in the wild. Yeah. That's awesome. Oh, I like that. It's all, yeah. And I'm not saying anything that to embarrass her. She's, she tells everybody that story. <laughs> so I don't come across. They are it. magical. You can understand it. I will say though, it must be very hard in one respect to be married to you and figuring out whether you're trolling or not at times. <laughs> it really was. I told her a joke when we were dating that my mom went into labor on a carousel and she believed it for like two years. Oh, <laughs> and it was just something offhand. We were driving through a neighborhood and there was a, they had their Christmas lights up and there was a Christmas light uh, carousel. And I said, oh, the carousel. That's like the carousel my mom uh, went into labor with me on. And she's like, your mom went to labor on a carousel? I was like, yeah, Christine. Oh, <laughs> anyway, I don't know how to segue from that into this, but... <laughs> Speaking of bad husbands, let's move on to bad moms. <laughs> <laughs> there, there you go. That's a good one. So this week, we're covering 2017's Christmas comedy film, A Bad Mom's Christmas. So, Tom, would you like to give us the plot synopsis? Underappreciated and overburdened moms, Amy, Kiki, and Carla rebel against the challenges and expectations of the Super Bowl for moms, Christmas. As if creating the perfect holiday for their families isn't hard enough, they'll have to do it while hosting and entertaining their own respective mothers when they come to visit. Dun, dun, dun. Right? Before we get into our histories of this film, uh, let me just run through the credits real quick. Real quick. It was directed and written by John Lucas and Scott Moore, who did the original Bad Moms, uh, The Hangover, Office Christmas Party, Four Christmases, and the upcoming Bad Dads. And the movie stars Myla Kunis, Kristen Bell, Katherine Hahn, Christine Baranski, Cheryl Hines, Susan Sarandon, Peter Gallagher, Jay Hernandez, and Justin Hartley. So pretty well-known cast, at least the women in the film are, and Peter Gallagher. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, let's just get right into it. So, ladies first. Julia, what's your history and overall impression of this film? Um, history was today. I watched it, and I have zero history with the Bad Moms series. So this is my first Bad Moms experience. And, I mean, there were definitely some parts that made me chuckle. Um, but it kind of just reinforced a few other of my Christmas movie predilections with this one that we'll talk about later. Pretty much what I expected. (laughs) (laughs) I figured. (laughs) Tom, how about you? Your history and your overall? I saw this movie last year before Christmas. Nope, I'm lying. I saw this movie earlier this year in January, and uh, my wife and I watched it. I didn't finish it. Um, The first Bad Moms was okay. Um, I felt like this one was becoming... um, I feel like this movie was becoming derivative and it was just the same jokes over and over and over again. I just felt like I was watching something I've already seen. How about you, Anthony? Uh, so me and Sarah saw this when it was in theaters last November. So when I saw it was coming out, a Christmas sequel was coming out, I wanted to see it. So we hadn't seen the original Bad Moms until like a week before this was out. And the original Bad Moms was okay. I found it funny. It was cute. This one is definitely more of the same. I think I might like it slightly better, though, just because it was set at Christmas. So that bias. But I liked it. I thought it was funny. It was definitely crude humor. But what I liked about it was there was definitely a heart underneath it all in the end. And we'll get into that as we go along. Okay, so the plot of this movie is actually really simple. 
Amy, Kiki, and Carla are all a uh, little bit stressed with the holidays coming up and all the all the stuff that comes along with it, decorating and baking and the Christmas shopping and everything. And they just kind of want to do Christmas their way, low key kind of for their kids. Um, but then their moms all come to town and it adds to that extra stress for various reasons. So they're kind of three distinct storylines. So we should probably take it by daughter and mother. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I want to start with the one that I least enjoyed. <laughs> I'm not sure where you guys stand on this, but it's with Carla and her mother, Isis, which is, I found a weird name. <laughs> I found it to be a very weird well, she's name. she's a hippie. She I know, I know. Child. It was fitting. She was a terrorist. <laughs> <laughs> um, it is one of my favorite quotes in the movie. It has to do with her name, though. Is it from the church at the end? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) That's my favorite. (laughs) Uh, um, Okay. So Carla is a single mom. She's kind of a uh, wild mother. Rough around the edges. Rough around the edges. She has an older teenage son. He's kind of a little bit. He seems a little slow in the end and neglected. She works at a waxing. She waxes at a spa. That's her career. And... um, Susan Sarandon plays her mother and her mother turns out to be just as rough around the edges and wild as she is. Mm-hmm. Um, first of all, I want to say I generally love Catherine Hahn and Susan Sarandon. I flat out. I like the whole cast. Like I love all these actresses generally mm-hmm. in other things they've been in. Um, but yeah, so this storyline for me was a little, this was, this is where the crudest bits of the movie came in. This whole storyline is probably a big part of the reason I did not like this movie. It was just maybe I'm so, just getting old, but I'm so over sophomoric and childish humor. Mm-hmm. So this was definitely the most sophomoric storyline. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I totally agree, Tom. This is where the movie loses points for me with this one specifically. We'll get to it when we get to the other two storylines. But I found even at their quote-unquote worst moments like there was heart there and it was relatable and believable to me where this whole plot none of it really seemed believable to me um yeah i it just wasn't and do do one of you want to give an overview of the relationship between the this mother and her daughter and then just what's going on in the daughter's personal life outside of the mother yeah so susan sarandon is just a grown-up groupie who, I mean, they come out and say that she didn't care much about her kids, any of her kids, where are they, who are they, and any of that growing up. She is extraordinarily self-centered, but towards the end, like her resolution is that she decides to put herself to the side and spend more time with her daughter at the end. Um, She's a stoner. Which is an amazing thing to do when your daughter is, you know, late 30s. That's a really good time to decide to... Yeah. Up your game, and up until that point, whenever she, she came into her, scam her daughter, yeah, yeah, so she yeah, more she's a gambler. Yeah, so that's the only time she ever shows up, and her when she shows up at the beginning, Catherine Han uh, Carla says, "How much money do you need?" Because every time she comes into her life, it's to quote unquote borrow money, but really get a check and then run off again for a few years until she shows up. 
But extra sad is how excited her daughter gets when she sees her. Yeah. I mean, when she sees her, she doesn't have the same response that the other two girls have. She's like super excited to see her mom. Mm -hmm. She's very forgiving. She's a very forgiving character in this movie. It's kind of a, it's, yeah, it's very sad. You know, she, you could tell she was desperate for a relationship with her mother Mm -hmm. as crappy as she was. Uh, but on the side, so Carla's waxes people at a spa, mm-hmm. and she's single, and she kind of wants a. She says she doesn't care about. She says when she goes to the mall around Christmas, she's happy to be single. But you can tell she's really not. She sings mm-hmm. "Every Kiss Begins with K," like really <laughs> depressed that she doesn't have anyone to buy her jewelry. Mm-hmm. Um, so she meets this really good-looking stripping Santa played by <laughs> Justin Hartley. Um, his name's Ty Swindle. And um, basically, she meets him. She gives him a very intimate wax. and <laughs> <laughs> Very vulgar intimate wax. Yes. Yeah. Um, she doesn't know he's a stripper at this point, though, right? When she's waxing him. Yeah, she knows. She, he oh, tells he her, her. That's right. That's right. You're right. Yep. And then he asks her out to come to one of his shows. So, so at this show, Which, and like you do, you take your mom to the strip club. Well, well, in fairness, she didn't take her mom. The mom showed up on her own. Which I was watching that scene. Right, so it's a bar f- full of wild women watching this good-looking guy strip, and you figure he's a TV actor. You wouldn't call him A-list or anything. And then, um movie legend like Susan Sarandon gets on the bar and starts molesting you and spanking you and feeling you up and things like that's kind of got to be surreal for an actor, right? It was really surreal for me when Susan Sarandon spanked me. <laughs> but he's such a good, he's, he is good. I mean, and, uh, you know, we're big fans of This Is Us. And so we love his character. And, and this, I tried to like him. I really did. There was nothing bad about him. It's just they made him, his, his all the scenes with him were just so vulgar. It was, it was a turn off. And I was super turned off by him. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> if, if any of you guys are listening and partake, strip for a living or get vulgar waxes, no judgment. It just didn't work in a Christmas movie for <laughs> But, uh, <laughs> Maybe just didn't work in a movie. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> I don't know. And it just got vulgar when they got to the pr- the prosthetic genitalia for him was just ludicrous and obscene. So yeah, so another reason I wanted to start with this one is because there wasn't much depth here. I was gonna say we exhausted the depth of this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so um. Well, yeah, but are we could are we all in agreement here that this is probably the worst of the three storylines? Yes. No, probably about it. Okay. Yep. But her we mom is, is making the moves on this guy without knowing that, you know, she's got she's got a thing going. Mm. And then she's super impressed when she finds out. Yeah, she is. She's pretty mm-hmm. much like well done. <laughs> <laughs> we'll talk about how the how all of these different stories resolve themselves at the end, because they kind of all tie together in the church scene mm. at the end. So we'll leave it for now. But um so my second the the average storyline, my second least favorite or second favorite, I guess. The one in the middle for me is Kiki and her mom's storyline. This is my favorite. Okay. I love this one the best too. <laughs> See, I liked 
Amy uh, and her mom. The whole bedroom scene was just. Oh god. <laughs> okay, so so K- so Kiki is played by Kristen Bell, and her mother is Cheryl, played by Cheryl Hines. Mm-hmm. And uh, who wants to give us a rundown of this storyline? I'll do Tom. it. Okay. Mom knows no boundaries whatsoever. <laughs> uh, I mean, like literally, no boundaries. Um, it's a problem for Kiki and her husband, but I think this is most epitomized the scene I was referencing. Um, Kiki and her husband are having an intimate moment in their bedroom <laughs> and they look up and her mom is sitting in the corner and she had no problem with the fact that they were about to have marital relations in front of her. She was just excited to be a part of this aspect of her daughter's life. And then she makes some very inappropriate comments about what used to get her dad going and oh God. <laughs> Um, so yeah, she's des- she's desperate to be close with her daughter. The mother's name is Sandy. She's desperate to be close with the daughter because apparently she's been very lonely since her husband died a few years ago. I mean, she was always close with her daughter, always wanted to be that close, but it kind of increased tenfold. You got the impression after her husband mm-hmm. died. And uh, she's very needy and it's <laughs> kind of weighs on Kiki and her husband um, as it probably would if my mother-in-law was sitting in the corner of my bedroom. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and it just, the, the, it just, their whole, everything about the relationship, they go to, Kiki takes her mom to a relationship counselor to discuss their relationship. Uh, oh. Played by Wanda Sykes, who is always hilarious in my mind. Yes. I love her. Oh gosh, Wanda Sykes is a nut. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, so this therapy session with Sandy when she says so she has cancer to try to guilt her daughter. And then she, stage yeah. <laughs> and when she's I love Wanda Sykes' eyes the whole time when she's like... <laughs> when, when she's called out on it, she says, yeah. well, I could. <laughs> that was my favorite. She's like, she's like well, I, I could have cancer. <laughs> and then she excuses herself to go to the bathroom. And mm-hmm. just doesn't come back. Kiki looks at Wanda Sykes and, and says, she's not coming back, is she? <laughs> and Wanda Sykes has this great monologue as well. Like, your mother's crazy because you made her that way. Yeah. Um, <laughs> not fair. That was, she's a terrible therapist. <laughs> Wanda Sykes, you can do great at many things. Therapy is apparently not one of them. <laughs> so Kiki's my favorite of the three. She's my favorite mom of the, yeah. uh, you know, young yeah. mom of the Mom, day. I guess that's a good way to say it. Like original mom. Yeah, Kiki's my favorite. She's just, I can probably associate the most with her. Or, she seemed the most traditional. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. And, and the most normal. Her <laughs> mom was also just, I just, I don't know. I so, like. There's nothing, the thing I liked about them, I think, there's nothing ill will or ill intended. Her mom's not trying to do any of this out of, it's not really selfishness. She wants to be close to her daughter. She loves her daughter. It's mm-hmm. it's sweet in a really sick and twisted way. But right, unlike the other moms, she's not bad. Right. I wouldn't she's call Ruth that... bad, but we'll get to oh that. Oh my gosh, she was my favorite. <laughs> I got a I got a different opinion on Ruth. <laughs> but um, <laughs> so to, so just to paint our picture for our listeners so kiki's mom has a christmas sweater with kiki's face on it she has pajamas with kiki's face on it and she's so desperate to be close to her daughter so she lives in another state and um 
she buys a house next door without consulting them at oh. all at all and it's actually a pretty heartbreaking scene for i feel bad for her mm-hmm. um when kiki just kind of goes off on her and so she I love when Kiki tells her husband, she's like, get the boys out now or get the kids out now. And he goes, yep, on it. Okay. <laughs> he starts moving them along. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Yeah, that was kind of a heartbreak. You feel so bad for her because Kiki's in a bad situation because she doesn't want to hurt her mom's feelings. So she's clearly got to have boundaries, right? Because she has all of these other relations, like her husband and all of those relationships she has to foster first. And she doesn't want to hurt her feelings. At the same time, you felt for the mom. And this one on an emotional level was the deepest for me. It felt real. Um, Sherilyn, uh, Cheryl Hines is great. She's hilarious. And she played this character very well. Uh, when it, I thought it was funny. Her name was Sandy because she reminded me of, even though I hate Grease, she reminded me of the sweet Sandy at the beginning. Pretty innocent sounding and soft-spoken. And I can see that. I'm so glad to hear you hate Grease. Oh, I hate Grease. We've talked to, yeah. Again, I I love it. it. I just love it when people don't like that movie. (laughs) (laughs) I feel justified. Um, Kiki's house, by the way, has my favorite Christmas decorations. The house, I love the house. I I love love the house in general. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Because it feels homespun to me Mm -hmm. and like it would feel with a bunch of boys, you know. And Tom, did you appreciate the her calling out the handmade ornament at the beginning who put I this did. ugly brown thing on the front of the tree. <laughs> I put it there. I'm just going to move it to the back, okay? <laughs> I love that. Don't drink, don't drink the tree water. We're humans. <laughs> the, the things you have to tell children. The words you never thought would come out of your mouth, right, Julia? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so yeah, again, we'll get to how that storyline resolves in a minute after we discuss them all. So the third one is Amy, played by Myla Kunis, and her mother, Ruth, played by Christine Baranski. And her father's also in the picture too, Hank, played by Peter Gallagher. I love Hank, Hank, and I love Peter Gallagher Mm -hmm. in everything. (laughs) But uh, Myla Kunis is another single mom. She's dating... Uh, a guy named Jesse who has a daughter of his own. She wants this is her first Christmas with the kids, divorced from her husband. So she wants it to be a good Christmas for them. Uh, not too over the top. She kind of wants it low key. Just you know, she really just wants to spend time with them. She doesn't want to go crazy or anything. Then her mother, Ruth, played by Christine Baranski, who I really like, and she plays the same character in almost everything with that really mm-hmm. uptight, judgmental witchy type of character but that's her strength and i love her so she rolls into town with her husband hank who's this completely sweet carry my bag carry your bags type of guy (laughs) and uh she just completely wants to take over you know she wants to go all over the top she wants to see the nutcracker and go caroling and throw this huge christmas eve party for all of her friends because she used to live in this town yeah, so a lot of it is coming from selfish reasons, but then you get the scenes of her and Hank in private saying, you know, I, the kids deserve this good Christmas. It's the first one divorced, you know. Like, she wants to, part of her motivation is to throw a great Christmas for her grandchildren and kind of distract them from this divorce going on. I just didn't find that believable, honestly. Not with what she was planning and having them do. It just did not, I didn't find her believable. I know people like that, so I found her really believable. 
<laughs> I do too, but it's always, it's never, it, they're, they're not doing things for themselves, for other people. They're doing it because that's what they ultimately want under the auspices and guise of doing it for somebody else. So, well, and that's what she was doing too. She was needing validation that. Right. Right. Yeah. They, that comes out at the end. Hank tells yeah. his daughter that um, at the end, like, look, your mother never believed she was a good mother growing up. She felt worthless. And uh, mm-hmm. she there might was, be a reason for that. Oh, I liked her. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I like her. She's, I mean, she, she does her this role so well. She I mean, does. it's just like on Big Bang Theory, she's Leonard's mom. Same, ca- uh, sh- yeah, same character. Oh, she's yeah. amazing. Same character. So she's like a female Sheldon. This is the second time she's been on our podcast, too. It is. She oh, was Martha like May Huvier, who okay. was another witchy type character, too. Yeah, that's right. So her, it's definitely her strength. She's an evil stepmother and into the woods. She's... Her, for me, more more than anything else, it's her voice. Her voice is so iconic. Yes, mm-hmm. the way she speaks. Um, she was the the character that immediately jumped out to me in Trolls more than anybody else. Mm-hmm. Her voice. She's is the chef. head Borgen, right? That yeah, girl chef. Borgen. Yeah. Yeah. She's she's yeah. great. She's she's wonderful, and she does play this part really well. Um, mm-hmm. I do wish I had the money to throw around on Christmas decorations and celebration oh. that she does. Uh, yeah. Okay, so let, let's talk about some of her decorations for a moment. Wow. Okay, so <laughs> she hires all of these people to just turn the inside of the house into this blue and silver and white winter wonderland, which aren't my particular taste. I know some people do go all out with blue and silver, but it looked, it looked really nice. It looked beautiful. It just, mm-hmm. you know, I prefer the greens and the reds and the golds myself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But um, okay. So the outside, <laughs> as kitschy as it was, and I would never do my house like this. But if I passed a house in my neighborhood <laughs> that did what she had this house do, I would be delighted. Guys, I would do this every day of the week in my neighborhood <laughs> without question. And I'm like her. I don't live in a big fancy neighborhood. I mean, my house is it's a normal everyday house. But and that's one of the things I loved about it, right? I mean, the decorations, the the all the people working and in, 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 in this front yard of this just middle-class normal home. So, yeah. Okay. So the deck, what she did to this house is she has this automated uh, animatronic 12 days of Christmas display uh, with live partridge, partridges get, that get released into the air at the end. And since they can't fend for themselves, they'll be dead within hours. That's right. <laughs> But, uh, she said that, what does she say? They're too gray. Paint them white. <laughs> <laughs> but and, and just the size of the crew that was working to set this up yeah. outside. I mean, seriously, if you're driving through just a normal suburban neighborhood and you see this going on, it's magical. <laughs> yeah, it totally is. Okay, so I will say that about the movies in general, particularly the two houses, Kiki's house and Amy's mm-hmm. house. They, gave, they did a good job with the aesthetic, making it look very Christmassy. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I got the Christmas feels from this movie, for mm-hmm. sure. Um, yeah, all of the houses, aside from Carla's, probably right. yeah, are beautiful. And before and after Resolution, 
like the after resolution for Amy's house was just my yes. favorite above and beyond with the snowflake hanging in the living room. Like I want to do that next year. So that whole scene of them putting the house back together after they kind of yeah. reconcile. I like that. Especially when they like have the music, the Christmas music playing. Yeah. I liked mm-hmm. it. Yep. I like that. Um, so like we said, she has the very set out what she wants to do with her kid, her daughter and her grandkids. Mm-hmm. And, um, Including the, full the, costume caroling. Full costume caroling with Mila Kunis dressed as Scrooge. Um, and, for, and it's not just the family caroling. She has professional caroling. <laughs> yes. Mm-hmm. They had, they, yes, to win the caroling cup, which they did in the end. Um, they, she wanted to go see the Nutcracker, the original in Russian five-hour version. <laughs> but... Um, they didn't end up going. They ended up going to one of those jump and play type places. Sky Zone. Sky Zone. <laughs> can I can I interrupt to you guys a funny story real quick? Mm-hmm. Yeah. We were at this random little hole in the wall restaurant pub thing that my Uber driver recommended here in Pittsburgh. And they're watching, you know, all the sports ball. And all of a sudden the team <laughs> changes and the guy puts on Jeopardy. For thirty minutes we sit there and we're watching Jeopardy in this in this dive and then it goes back to sports. But today's Jeopardy question the answer was about uh, Tchaikovsky's The Nutcracker. Oh, Ooh. look at that. That's cool. Yeah, that was well, I, the, the actual answer was The Nutcracker, but yeah. So, I like Jeopardy. Me too. Especially when it, you can combine Jeopardy and Christmas. I mean, that is... Really- <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> That's what we're all going for, guys. Especially <laughs> when you can combine Jeopardy, Christmas, and a rerun, so you seem really smart if you're watching it with people who haven't seen yeah, so they end up at Sky Zone, but I like when Amy makes that split-second decision to turn left instead of right to go to Sky Zone. You see Hank in the back just like, yes. Cause he's so happy. He's so happy because <laughs> <laughs> he clearly loves his wife, and you get that in their private moments together, but mm-hmm. I think he just likes that Amy prods her and pushes her a little bit because he doesn't have that capacity himself. He's a Labrador. He was just excited to do something fun. He didn't want to go to a five-hour Tchaikovsky either. (laughs) (laughs) And Sky Zone looked fun. I'll say that. I love that is one heck of a Sky Zone. That is one fraction of that size. That one looked awesome. But they are so exhausting. They are exhausting. (laughs) I mean, I'm serious. If you want to feel old, you go to you go with kids to a trampoline park. Yeah, that's the truth. (laughs) Although I do have to say, kids crash hard afterwards. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yours don't? No, mine totally do. Okay. All of them. Marty took them last time and he crashed hard. He was sore for three days. Uh huh. He's like, oh, my back hurts so bad. And the bottom <laughs> of his feet hurt. <laughs> He's like, I am it's not brutal. Yeah. So it's actually at Sky Zone that the mothers meet for the first time, mm-hmm. which is kind of important because they talk a bit. Ruth mentions that. She goes to what church she goes to Christmas Eve, midnight mass. And that's kind of where all the storylines kind of all the mothers end up meeting there at the end, right? After screwing it up really badly with their daughters. And mm. they kind of all help one another realize, hey, you're not perfect. You you it's your fault that you know, they kind of helped one another see their flaws that kind of distance mm. their daughters away. But the three of them together, uh, Christine Baranski, Cheryl Hines, and Susan Sarandon, I thought the three of them had great chemistry together. And they're just so oh, yeah. different, the actresses in general. Yeah. But, uh, they are. 
It's all really... set up for a sequel with them. <laughs> I mean, bad every gra- bit of it. Bad grandmas. Grandma. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Something like that. You know it's coming. I mean, well, they they leave at the end for their trip. Exactly. Trip. Yeah. <laughs> um, so one I last like thing. I scene. Just, yeah. I like the church scene. Me too. Um, it worked sweet. for me. It's sweet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But before we talk about that in detail, because I do want to, I just want to say one last thing about Amy's and Ruth's storyline. That one for me was the one that most Christmas, that's where the bulk of the Christmas stuff was, right? Because that most of the plot had to do with Christmas. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's definitely the main story for sure. Amy and Ruth's storyline just had the most to do with Christmas, which I think as well is kind of why I prefer that one. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, but that's fair. Their storyline comes to a head, by the way, after Amy says she can't have her Christmas Eve party at her house. Mm-hmm. So Amy and her boyfriend and the kids go out sledding on Christmas Eve and mm-hmm. come home to this massive house party with Kenny G playing music. Two questions about that. One, why Kenny G? And two, how do they get somebody as big as Kenny G to do such a stupid role? One, Kenny G is a national treasure, as they point out in the movie. (laughs) And two, by the whole stupid role thing and stupid movie thing, they got a pretty good cast in general. They really did. Is Kenny Kenny G still big? Really? (laughs) I I, I thought he kind of retired and and disappeared into obscurity, and they play him every year at Christmas time on the Easy Listening Station. Yeah, which makes him appropriate for this movie. And the age of... Of um, somebody Ruth would admire. Yes, Ruth. That was the name I got. <laughs> How much exactly. food would it have been to have Michael Bolton? Were you, were you either of your? Oh. Mom, Michael Bolton? <laughs> my mom That's was like Michael in love Bolton. with Michael Bolton. <laughs> my mom was too. As was my mother-in-law. Apparently, Christine and I have had many a conversations about the, the hotness that is Michael Bolton. The question is: Do either of you have Kenny G or Michael Bolton on your Christmas playlist? Oh, heck no. That's a big old goose egg to both of those. Same. I don't like Same. the saxophone in general, though. Can I just say? I'm not a fan. Not a fan. I liked it when Homer played it. That's true. <laughs> so, basically, Amy and her boyfriend and her kids arrive home. There's this big party. Uh, and her and her mother, Ruth, get into this enormous fight that turns physical and... They end up wrecking the house. All the Christmas stuff comes down and just, they destroy the house in the process when Amy tries to shut this party down against her mother's wishes. And Amy basically kicks her mother out of her life at that point and says, leave and don't come back. And the kids overhear this and get upset their mom for kicking grandma out and quote unquote ruining Christmas. And I know Julia has an issue with that, right? Yeah. So that bothered me. I get, I get them being upset about her kicking her mom out, mm-hmm. which I think she was justified in doing, but they, they played the kids up a lot brattier than I feel like they should have. Um, I think they could have had them be upset about that and not add a whole laundry list of other reasons why they were, you know, alluding that that ruined Christmas. I don't know. I didn't like that. Mm-hmm. I didn't either. It didn't um, seem genuine. It didn't seem mm-hmm. like those kids. No. I would be pretty upset if my mom kicked grandma out on Christmas Eve. But again, my grandma would probably never take over the house and throw an enormous party. So I get it. (laughs) So Ruth gets kicked out 
and goes to Our Lady of Perpetual Suffering Church, <laughs> which is for Christmas Eve Mass. And the other two uh, grandmothers, Isis and Sandy, Sandy. Sandy meet her there because she had dropped a hint earlier in the movie. That's where she spent Christmas Eve. And um, yeah, this is really where we get our Linus moment in the film. Mm-hmm. Because first, the three of them, you know, talk about all their issues with their daughters and kind of help open one another's eyes to, you're not perfect either. It's kind of your fault as well. And then um, Amy shows up after talking with her dad or because her dad told her, you know, it's not your mother's fault. Uh, you know, she feels worthless. She was always afraid she'd be a bad, she was a bad mom. And, you know, she mm, loves you. An enabler. Dad's an enabler. <laughs> He's a, he's a Labrador, as Julia has said. He's precious. I love him. <laughs> so Amy shows up at the church and apologizes to her mom and says, you're a good mom. And she forcibly extracts an apology from her mother. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but I, I honestly did like this whole scene. I thought it was very sweet. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, I really liked this scene. Um, I liked all of the pre- Amy entrance stuff between the moms. I thought it had its funny moments and it had its real moments where you could kind of resonate with each mom. Maybe not so much Isis, but the other two, I could kind of see little bits of myself in each one. Wait, you um, can't you can't relate to Isis, Julia? I don't think so. <laughs> There's not really a connection to me and Isis right now. Oh, ever. Um, <laughs> But I, I liked all of that. And I mean, there's real chemistry between these three moms, I felt like, for the movie. Um, I really liked that, particularly Ruth and Sandy, uh, which I think that's intentional, right? So Susan mm-hmm. Sarandon's character is just kind of thrown in there for comedic value and shock, shock value and all of that. Um, I really liked that. And then once Amy got there, I liked that as well. It felt, it felt as genuine as a moment could feel in a movie like this, I feel like. Mm-hmm. Um, but I didn't think it was funny that this entire conversation is going on while mass is going on and like nobody looks around at him and is like, shut up or it's really disrespectful and all that. <laughs> that is me and Sarah said that in the movie theater while we're watching this, like they're just having this really loud conversation full of swear words as well, <laughs> a few swear words and nobody's turning around to shush them or kick them out. <laughs> Yeah, more people were probably annoyed by you guys talking in the movie theater than were in this church. <laughs> <laughs> I am, but it was a real Linus moment for sure. Right, like yeah, it is. It's a stronger Linus moment than we've had in a few weeks. I think I can't remember. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> more of a Linus moment than we're going to have next week. Ugh, we'll get to that in a bit. What I really love is what happens after the church. Yes. So, so the church talk compared about that? with that are my two favorite parts of this movie. Yeah. So Amy and Ruth make up and they head back to, well, Amy looks at her watch and she's like, okay, so it's midnight. We still have time to save Christmas. And they head back to the house and clean it all up and then redecorate it in just a lovely warm way. Um, that you ex- that you sort of see at the beginning of the movie, but it's a, definitely a mixing of Amy's low key and her mom's ability to, you know, do some stuff up and decorate. Um, 
I love the snowflakes, the hand-cut snowflakes hanging in the living room around the tree. I think that's so pretty. I want to do that next year. I thought the whole house looked gorgeous. That was my favorite look right there yeah. at the end. All the, I, I mean, I said earlier in the show, I love red and gold and the green and it looked mm-hmm. perfect. It is. It's so pretty. I loved that part. What did you think of it, Tom? It felt Christmassy. It was the most Christmassy feeling aside from the awesome yard display. <laughs> oh, that display. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I would agree with that. And well, and plus that was the only really that was the only real Christmas song they played in the film that got me like excited mm-hmm. as they were decorating. Mm-hmm. I totally agree with that. So yeah, the kids wake up Christmas morning and grandma's there and all is right with the world. And um yeah, the other two plot lines kind of resolved itself as well. Mm-hmm. Uh Kiki's mom, Sandy, um, you know, apologizes and agrees to give her space and she's going back home and they're happy about that. (laughs) Um, (laughs) While Isis shows up at Carla's house and wants a relationship with her. She even got a job at the same spa as her. So she'll be. I thought she got a job at Sky Zone. Oh, did she? I thought it was a spa. I can't remember. Maybe it was Sky Zone. Either way, she got a job in town and she's moving closer to be next to her daughter and grandson. So maybe they can finally have that relationship. And I have to say about Carla's son, like, is he just an idiot or is he? Yes. yes. <laughs> because he opens up a glove that his mother has regifted to him for like five years in Santa Claus. And. <laughs> You know, wow, I feel like Santa got this for me before, or whatever he said. And then <laughs> and then when Isis knocks on the door, Mom, is that Santa Claus? And Carla's just like, why would it be Santa Claus? We've been over this. He came last night. <laughs> um, but yeah, all of them make up in the end. They all have this big Christmas night dinner at Amy's house, ordering Chinese food um, before... Sandy and Isis and Ruth leave to go to spend New Year's Eve in Las Vegas, setting up mm-hmm. what I'm sure will eventually become bad grandmas. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yep. bad dads is already on the uh, the docket. It is. I I, I could. I'm just surprised that uh, they're not eventually crossing over Daddy's Home and Bad Moms since. Both of them had a sequel last year, and both of the sequels consisted of the moms and the dads coming home for Christmas. Yep, which I found pretty funny. But I guess Christmas sequels, maybe they're going to be all the rage now. <laughs> Who knows? Yay! Um, <laughs> especially given the one that we saw, maybe in the works. John hmm. John oh, yeah. Now that's a sequel I will watch. Do you want to talk about that real quick, Tom? Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. So John Krasinski is trying to get a an office reunion Christmas special. And um, I give it my blessing. I do, too. All the and plus, yeah. it's a perfect opportunity since they all moved away to get back together again, kind of check in like a holiday yep. reunion mm-hmm. special. Uh, Maybe Steve Carell will come back for that. Yeah, I would totally prefer that than a rebooted oh, series. Sure. Yeah. yeah I know don't want to reboot but that got me excited so i hope he pushes for that since john krasinski 
seems to have more clout now in general. Yeah, man. Have anybody seen that movie? No, I really want to. I, I heard really, really good to. things. I do too. I speaking of talking in a movie time, I hear you even whisper in that movie or crinkle a candy wrapper. Like you, people will get annoyed Dirty with you. Looks. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Well, just because it's like legitimately silent for most of the film. Yeah. Anyway, uh, Julie, I know you have at least one quote for this film, right? I have. I have exactly one quote for this film, right. <laughs> and it really made me laugh. So it brings back the church scene, and. Um, so Ruth is in the church first, Sandy gets there second, and then Susan Sarandon's Isis shows up last. And my favorite quote is when Sandy looks at Ruth and she goes, Isis is here. <laughs> the way she says it, her sweet little voice. Could, that could made you, me laugh out loud. Could you imagine, though, if somebody overheard that part of the conversation, somebody whispering in church, Isis is here? Like, Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I had a few. I don't have them written down anymore. Uh, because full disclosure for our listeners, this is our second attempt at recording the ending because technically we had technical, technical difficulties. So I know it was crass, but I like the scene at the beginning where she's talking to her boyfriend's daughter who overheard <laughs> them have sex six and a half or five and a half times at uh, their house the other night. Uh, I have no children, so I still find it hilarious when children repeat the most uh, inappropriate things and make people <laughs> uncomfortable. So I'm sure that will change when I have kids, but nope. Yeah. It's still funny. You just have to hide your laughter <laughs> if they're right in front of you. Good to know. So I, li- I liked that. Um, I liked Amy's remark when she came visiting about not having a tree yet. She said something like, it's December 19th, even the Jews have trees by now, sweetie. <laughs> and she makes another reference like that at the end about the Chinese dinner. She's like, oh, Chinese for Christmas dinner. I feel like such a Jew. And I found that funny. Ah, oh, there's another one. Oh, she had one. And while I don't agree with the principle, it's just the way that Kristen Berinsky plays the character and her voice and everything and just how snobby she is. So even though I don't agree with the sentiment she expresses, I do like when she said, moms don't enjoy, they give joy when, when she's uh, getting upset with Amy about not wanting to throw a big old Christmas because of how stressful it is. Amy, you're a mom. Moms don't enjoy, they give joy. That's how being a mom works. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I really it. liked when Kiki's mom gets there and she tells her, I can't wait to spend every waking minute with you. <laughs> <laughs> I also, my favorite scene is when she's in the therapist's office with her mom and her mom starts making up uh, uh, terminal illnesses to guilt Kiki into being a, into, into ending the conversation. Oh, gosh. And then she brings it back later. I have strep throat. <laughs> she pulls it back one more time. That part's funny. Plus, I mean, Wanda Sykes can't go wrong with Wanda Sykes. No, you cannot. Okay, so... We already agree past the Linus test, so final thoughts on the movie real quick before we rank it. Um, I said it all. <laughs> uh, yeah, it just kind of drove home for me in the same way Office Christmas Party did, that I don't like my Christmas movies with vulgarity. Um, although in this one, compared to that one, I appreciate the sweeter moments. 
that I sort of feel like you have to have in a movie that involves mothers and daughters. So right. I got that right for me. That was good. Yeah, no, totally. I agree with you about that. Like it was definitely sweeter. It had more of a heart than Office Christmas Party mm-hmm. and felt more Christmassy than Office Christmas Party. Mm-hmm. And I'm curious because I know we have bad dads on the schedule and it's not the same filmmaker, but I'm curious to see if they can capture the heart between fathers and sons <laughs> or if it's uh, not going to. But I, full disclosure, I like the first bad, bad dad, so... Bad dads uh, or daddy's home? Daddy's home. Daddy's home. Daddy's home. Sorry. I know they're, they're practically the same movie. <laughs> 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 they have a, but, but the daddy's home too has a pretty amazing cast too. Mm. Oh, yeah. Mel Gibson and John Lithgow. <laughs> yeah. Will Ferrell, John and Cena, Mark Wahlberg. Mark, Mark Wahlberg. Yeah. yeah. So. I'm excited because none of us have watched that, so I'm excited when we get to that. Me too. I love John Lithgow. I love him. I do too. I do too. I do too. I'm excited. About Third that. Rock was such a funny show. <laughs> and uh, did you, you guys seen the trailers for Daddy's Home too? When he's coming mm-hmm. down the escalator and Will Ferrell's like, "Daddy!" Yes. Like, yeah, <laughs> he's just, the perfect father for Will Ferrell. Oh, totally. I think so too. And I haven't seen either. I mean, obviously, I haven't seen either. I haven't seen the original Daddy's Home either, but. That's oh, exactly should. who I would pick. You should. Yeah, really funny. It's one of Will Ferrell's better ones because he's playing the innocent. Although right. I haven't heard, I know he got hurt recently in a car accident. I haven't heard oh, really yeah. yeah. Hmm. Um, but my, yeah, my thoughts on my final thoughts on Bad's Moms, I agree, Julia. It had more heart than Office Christmas Party. I still liked it. I thought it was okay. But I will say, um, and the three of us have talked about this before on the show, on and off mic, that, uh, when you go back and look at our list, the earlier stuff we covered would probably be scored differently than later stuff, having if we watch the later stuff first. So I'm excited to get to our one-year review show to see how we would each individually rank the top 10. That should be interesting. Oh, for sure. That'll be a lot of fun. But yeah, so what would you give this movie, guys? So in the, in the several days since we originally recorded, my opinion has changed, and I'm going lower at a 2.5. I feel like it, it deserves lower than a very Brady Christmas. Julia? I changed mine as well <laughs> to higher, to a three, because I feel like it's better than a very Brady Christmas. <laughs> I saw that and I'm like, wow, I thought this was worse. I don't think so. I bumped it just up where you bumped down. That's funny. I'm staying consistent and giving it literally 0.1 more than Office Christmas Party because it has heart. If I could, if I like, you know, spoiler alert for the year's anniversary, I'd probably rank Office Christmas Party lower because I think it's this one's better than 0.1 above it, but not good enough to rank near whatever. So that gives our average as an average score of 4.53 which fall, makes it fall between Batman Returns and a very Brady Christmas. They're odd bedfellows. <laughs> that they are. So thanks for listening, guys, as always, for all of your support. And if you want to support us, besides just listening, you can interact with us on all of our various social medias, uh, Facebook, Instagram, at Tis the Podcast, Twitter, at Tis the Pod, and our subreddit, and can converse with us there. We always have great conversation there. You can also rate and review us on iTunes or wherever you 
found our podcast to download because every rating and review helps new listeners to find us and helps us spread the Christmas cheer 365 days per year. You know what else helps? What? Money. <laughs> Support us on Patreon. Help us, can, help us bring some physical Christmas cheer to your life. Uh, we, for as little as a dollar a month, you get um, additional episodes like our unedited office, our review, our discussion of Hocus Pocus to get ready for Halloween, and our Clue episode, or you can get some, some fun swag in the mail and cards depending on what level you give. So check us out on Patreon. Just search Tis the Podcast. And we have some good content on that coming up as well. We have some good episodes planned for that. We just, mm-hmm. we're working on scheduling right now. Speaking of good episodes coming up, next week we will be reviewing the Star Wars Holiday Special. Yay. <laughs> I'm the only one of the three that has not seen it yet. So that's probably why I sound bright-eyed and bushy-tailed about it. I have only seen part of it. I have not finished it yet. I've not seen I, it entirety. I stopped. If it gives you an indication of where this is probably going to go in my on my list. <laughs> it's uh yeah, I've seen it before in its entirety. I'm going to put myself through this torture again for the episode. Uh just to... but Star Wars. I mean, that doesn't even help. <laughs> I'll save it. I have a, there's a lot of interesting trivia behind this special that I'll get into next week, but George Lucas and the cast like to pretend this never existed, which is why it's never <sighs> been released on home media. Um, it, it, if anything, it makes it worse, Julia, if you can believe that. That carries some level of gravitas and expectation that is woefully not delivered upon. It, it's, it's funny, though, because I had Christmas questions for you that I was going to ask this week, and then I was thinking to myself, you know what? I'm going to hold it off for next week because we're going to need a lot more Christmas cheer injected into the Star Wars episode. So there's something to look forward to. <laughs> we'll have Christmas questions next week with a side of a movie review we might have some <laughs> grumbles about. Um, what we're not grumbling about is if you're listening to this episode, the day we drop it, there are only 245 days until Christmas. That's only 37 weeks. Can you believe that, guys? No, I, not at all. I love that we're closer to the hundreds than we are to the 300s. Me too. Yeah. Me too. Yeah. yeah. So do your homework, guys, and watch the Star Wars Christmas special. And yeah, we'll talk to you next week. Bye. Bye, guys. Dashing through the snow in a one-horse open sleigh.